Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by K&N Engineering. K&N's replacement air filters are designed to increase your horsepower, improve vehicle performance, and provide excellent engine protection that lasts for the life of your car, truck, or motorcycle. As the original performance filter of NASCAR, K&N air filters are made from multiple layers of oiled cotton fiber that provides superior airflow, resulting in crisper throttle response and more torque throughout the engine RPM range, and also excellent filtration to help ensure long engine life. They're easy to install, and they come free with the they come with the worry-free million-mile K&N warranty. So stop buying cheap throwaway paper air filters again and again, and go to www.knfilters.com/podcast to get a great deal on a K&N replacement air filter and receive free shipping. And as an added bonus, because everyone loves free stuff, you'll also get a free K&N hat. So once again, visit www.knfilters.com/podcast and see why millions of K&N air filters have been sold since 1969. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to another edition of the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan Nanavati, and I'm back with my buddies John and Neil to discuss a little NBA playoffs. Or more specifically, we're going to recap the epic Warriors Thunder series, maybe touch on a little bit of the Cavaliers Raptors undercard, and preview the NBA Finals between Golden State and Cleveland, or the rematch from last year's NBA Finals. So, given that, guys, I'll turn the question over to you. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential in the Golden State Cleveland rematch in terms of Cleveland being much healthier, Golden State having gone through a bit of a tougher slate of opponents and tougher match. Um, that they just got out of out west, but given that or along those lines, how do you top that seven game Ali Frazier esque title fight we just saw between Golden State and Oklahoma City? And how does that you know, how's that gonna look in terms of Golden State Cleveland and what are the ramifications and all that fun stuff? Uh LeBron has to play like he played last year for for it to even uh, match even come close to to being how good this series was. Um, I just don't, I just don't see it because but like OKC and Golden State, they just played like one of the best, like just this very up tempo, and there was still a lot of like nuanced defense that I don't think a lot of people appreciated about that that particular series because it was a ton of scoring, but you know it was just it was just really good basketball all around. You saw like a duo versus a team almost. Uh, and it was, it was pretty spectacular to watch. Yeah. But when the thunder actually won games, they played as a team. Uh, yeah. I was going to say it wasn't just the Russ and KD show for a lot of it, especially the first four, maybe five games or four and a half, I should say. I mean, you can't discount the contributions that Steven Adams made that Enos Cantor made that fucking Dion waiters made. I mean, they really came together, and as a lot of people are commenting, this is the first time we saw the true quote-unquote power of Oklahoma City, and um, it, it just took Golden State reaching down and finding that one, you know, that quote-unquote championship uh, step-on-the-throat mentality for them to really overcome Oklahoma City because they gave them hell. I mean, they gave them everything. I think – I mean, everybody commented on, you know, Durant's defense stepping up. It was Russ going straight at Curry and trying to basically kill him single-handedly, which Russell Westbrook's apt to do. Steven Adams basically turning into – shit, I don't even know what he turned into, but he turned into something really good. They got bench play. Andre Roberson was worthwhile. I mean, it was just – it was a really, really impressive performance about 
by Oklahoma City. And it was one of those where, you know, it's not like they lost the series or both teams should pat themselves on the back. But, you know, Golden State, you know, headlined by Colt, by Stephen Curry with 36 points, eight assists and five rebounds in game seven. I mean, they they just came out at the end. Well, I think Oklahoma yeah. City ran out of gas. They they legitimately game seven. They only played seven guys. It was it was Cantor and, and Waiters coming off the bench, and Foyer played five seconds. So legitimately, they only went seven deep, whereas Kerr went eleven deep and got some really good bench play, especially in the third quarter, which really opened things up for them. And you could just see the uh, heart just fall out of the chests of Oklahoma City in that third quarter because when when Sean Livingston took that one uh, rebound and went coast to coast and just dunked it past everybody yeah I mean you just saw that they were done right there there. the crowd the crowd got into it at that point I mean they were like okay now it's time to see the team just blow them out yeah and that's exactly what happened Uh, yeah it was it was really interesting watching the first half probably you know late into the second quarter the thoughts in your mind started creeping in. Like, is Oklahoma City going to pull this out? Like, are they really going to go to Game 7 in Oakland and pull this out? And then after the third quarter, it's like you just saw Oklahoma City on the ropes, and they had no counterpunch. There was just – there was nothing left. And as you said, they were just – you could just watch them deflating and watch the bottom falling out. Well, so all the yep. games that they – Oklahoma City actually won, they, they were able to – they were able to – there was a single point where they kind of jumped up and they took a lead and they ran with it. And they had a moment in that second quarter where they were starting to build a lead, and then Westbrook took a dumb three, and then he got he knocked his defender down, so they you know they stopped play, and then the ne- very next play, Clay Thompson hit his first three, then they get another rebound, Clay hits another three, and then they just went rolling from there, and they brought it to within four, and then Oklahoma City you know built the lead back, and then Curry hit the. Uh, the runner at the end to bring it within six crazy circus shot. He always does at the buzzer. But let's say Westbrook doesn't take a, a BS air ball three and they actually get a good shot. And now they have like, you know, uh, what would it have been like a 13, 14 point lead or at least not a fast break, like a four point swing. Right. So they, yeah. that, they had a chance to, to, to step on their throat right there and they blew it. Well, they were within four with, uh, one eighteen left, and then they then Ibaka fouls Curry for at the three. I yeah, mean that was, yeah that is the killer. I mean that's where you could see like Durant just you know the body language was done at that point. It's really interesting because you know for the first again for the first four four and a half games we're having the conversation we're like wait a second is Russell Westbrook the best player in this series and I. You know, a lot of people are talking about, well, Oklahoma City choked and Kevin Durant was – I can't remember Kevin Durant's shooting percentage was, but wasn't very good over the seven-game series. I mean, they, he had a butt-ton of points. We just had to jack up a lot of shots to get there. But at some point, I think there was um, there's a quote somebody had, and it was um, one of the trainers from Oklahoma uh, – from Golden State, rather, saying that it was like game six where all of a sudden the lights kind of turned back on for Steph Curry and Steph Curry kind of became Steph Curry. It reminded me a lot of game four. Four, I want to say, or game three or game four of last year's Golden State uh, Cleveland Finals, where like the first three games were like, oh, he Matthew Delavadova yeah. is you know is, is shutting them down, and all of a sudden you're like, oh right, that's Steph Curry, there he is. Yeah. No, the stage like, was that's... like too big for him last year, and then he finally got his head out of his ass and started yeah. playing the way he played all year. That was game four of last year. Cleveland had gone up two uh, one. 
Right. Right. It was 2 1. Yeah. And everyone's like, is Della Vadova the, the Stephen Curry stopper? And it's like, all right, that's cute. Yeah. You know? It's Matthew and, and fucking Della Vadova. Fuck him. Right. He shouldn't even be in the damn league. <laughs> I hate I, he's just, he's your classic, you know, work hard, pesky defender that's white. So we have to keep him in the league because of that. Well, we, we do need white guys. We got to have a couple. Do we? Do we really need them? They make us feel good. You know, we get intimidated sometimes. But you're everywhere. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> it's true. We're all going to be beige soon anyway. That's right. So uh, Steph Curry in the final game, um, kind of putting a bow on that, plus minus, was he was plus 18. He was double the margin Nasty. of any other player. Yeah. Um, one thing I found really interesting or not like compellingly interesting, but it's just a, it, it's telling on a lot of cases and why I'm petrified of the idea of anyone signing him, namely the wizards. A lot of the adjustments came when Steve Kerr was like, Harrison Barnes, go sit down. Go to the bench. I, I well, yeah. you remember the, the, bench. the whole thing with them even starting Harrison Barnes last year was Curry or Kerr was like, I'm really not getting anything out of this guy. This guy's, but if I put him in the starting lineup, he'll have the confidence and I think he'll come through. And I know Iguodala can play off the bench because he knows he's confident with who he is, and that's what it, that's the only reason why they ever really started Barnes. They didn't start him because he was better. They started because they they thought yeah. that was the only way they could. It, it was a self esteem issue, and who, that guy's gonna go in free agency at five years and a hundred million dollars. I pray to God it's the Lakers that sign the him. The Lakers, yeah, please. As as I told, I sent you guys the stat breakdown for him. His career numbers are identical to Otto Porter's. It's pretty alarming. It's, if it, you really everything, <laughs> points, rebounds, shooting percentage, offensive rating, defensive rating, they're within like 2% each one. It's disgusting. And after watching this playoffs, I would, uh, I'd rather have Otto so, than Harrison Barnes. Understood. But do you think Harrison Barnes would have the same numbers as Otto Porter if he was on the Wizards? No, he'd have worse. You think he'd have worse? I think he'd have much better in, in, repl- in place I mean, of Otto Porter. If you literally swapped out Harrison Barnes for Otto Porter, I honest to God think at best you're looking at like 25% better stats. For Harrison? For Harrison Barnes. I don't think Maybe so. Maybe 25% better. All he gets is open corner threes on Golden State. I think he's a 25% better player than Otto Porter. Yeah, but he also gets I don't less think minutes and he gets a lot less opportunity. The minutes aren't that far off. I don't think it's that far off. I do think that Harrison's probably a little bit better defender because, you know, Otto tends to get lost. Not quite as much as it was two years ago, but he's um, – I mean, Iguodala, I've always loved Iguodala's game. I, just I loved love him the when he was in Philly. Long yeah. defender, you know, not particularly gifted scorers, but a particularly gifted scorer, but it doesn't matter. He does everything right. He's an intangibles guy, works his ass off. Great passer. You tell him – Great passer. Very underrated, actually. Very underrated. He'll go take the team's, you know, go cover the other team's best guy and just, you know, give him hell for. Why was he the Finals MVP last year? Oh, because he was the only guy that could somewhat contain LeBron. Which, building on that segue, it's going to be really interesting. There's a lot of great stuff. We were talking before the podcast started about the Zach Lowe, Jeff Van Gundy podcast, um, where they kind of discuss a lot about the defensive matchups of how the Warriors-Cavs um, basically are going to cover each other. And I think there's a lot of little subplots, especially now that you're getting a much healthier Cleveland team than the you know walking wounded that walked into last year's finals. 
Um, and you've got a little more souped up. And then I think you've got a little more of a banged up Warriors team that's probably not quite as deep. There's no David Lee that they can go to, which is kind of sad that we're even talking they got, about. They got Mo but, Buckets. Yeah, Mo Buckets a chicken. That's right. <laughs> and they got they got Festus Zealy. Festus Zealy. Oh, and they got who's... they got Anderson Verigel, man. I hope that dude balls out. I hope he does. I hope he I hope he gets a ring and just. Are you guys there? Now. So. So yeah. Yeah, getting Festus Azili is basically six fouls. Yeah. Um, he, he was Anderson killing Ver- me when in Game Four, where they just started hacking him, and then he kept missing his free throws, and then uh, Oklahoma City was kept making shots, and they just built that lead up, and that sunk him. I can't stand guys that that you can't can't play both sides of the uh, of the of the court. You know, like. Ro- Roberson killed me on offense. I I couldn't believe that a, a D League guy couldn't just replace him. Yeah, but he, although Roberson did play his his uh, did ball his mind down that series. Yeah, the At first least. four games he, he was did, like but then solid. he reverted back to the mean because he he missed all kinds of shots in the last three games that that he was making in the first four because what he did in the first four wasn't sustainable. Yeah, eventually you're going to regress to the mean. You can call it what's his name. Rasul, the Rasul Butler theory, mm-hmm. where you know he's going to pull out of his mind for God knows how long, but at some point you realize he's still Rasul Butler. Right. But I hated Rasul Butler. I know you did. <laughs> yeah. uh, Anderson yeah. Verjao is nine minutes in garbage time. Mo buckets is you know it's more about the buckets that he eats and the buckets that he makes. Yeah, but he's yeah, great at point. home. He feeds off that crowd. Yeah. He's, he'll give you yeah, some energy off, points, but on the road he's garbage. Feed off some. He feeds off a lot of things. Yeah, off, exactly. Does he get like burritos at halftime like Andre Bloch used to from the Chipotle and Verizon Center? I think it's more of a KFC okay. with him. But I mean, if yeah, it's really Golden State's like main four guys, and then just hoping Andrew Bogut, Harrison Barnes, any of the backups like. And, Sorry, technical difficulties. Please resume. No, I was just saying, I'm not sure if the net gain on offense of Kevin Love and Kyrie is going to offset the net negative that they produce on defense. So what they did in the in the series last year was they were they did this kind of the same thing that Oklahoma City just did. They played great defense and they out rebounded them. And I don't when when you replace when you put Love in there. Or even Channing Fry or whatever lineup you want to put, they're going to put up a lot of points. But Golden State can outshoot anybody. So if you want to, you, you want to go on a, a an arms race and a and 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 just jack the score up. That's not gonna that's not gonna happen against Golden State. They're gonna win that. You know, they're gonna win four out of seven seven times if that's what your plan is. It's it's interesting though because both of these teams scored. Uh, it's the top two teams with the you know most three pointers made throughout the season, so yeah, that that's going to be a very interesting um, dynamic. There is if one of those, especially if one of the shooters on Golden State goes cold, um, that that could be very frightening for them. So I think we saw a lot of if if one of the guys on Golden State goes cold, or namely if Curry is not Curry. It was really interesting to see that's just not the same team. Like we had that argument that, oh, how good is Golden State if Curry were to miss a prolonged period of time? Golden State really suffered. I mean, now granted it was against Oklahoma City, but they really suffered without Curry when the team became, you know, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and, and Co. 
having to carry it. Like they just weren't the same team. I mean, that's an obvious yeah. statement, but it was just they they did they couldn't even hold their end of the bargain and and it looked like you know clay thompson wasn't necessarily the number one guy who could be like all right fuck it i'm just gonna step up and and take curry's place that's when you start to realize all right in the playoffs yeah i would say he's got playoff mvp right now he's been killing it so i'm i'm that, not that too worried about that six, the game six in okc was 41 points one of the most amazing single game performances like i've ever seen and he, like setting that record and not just like beating it by one he like beat it by like two or three three pointers. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah. That that's oh, he beat it by two. I think right. He had eleven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and he just didn't stop. He like just knew everything that he was gonna chuck up was gonna go in. Right. And last year, Clay Thompson stunk in the playoffs and in the finals. He didn't do crap. So he had jitters. For even sure. if Cleveland is better than they were last year, I think Golden State's much better than they were last year. Well. well, I don't think Golden State walks in nearly as tight to this one. I think it's a little more of, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of the old 2004 Red Sox mentality. It's like, all right, you just slayed your toughest opponent. I almost wonder if Cleveland is going to put up the same level of fight that Oklahoma City did. Oklahoma City might have been the second best team in the NBA, at least at that moment in time, what, what Golden State just had to go through. That's the thing. I think uh, Golden State can't, you know, uh, look past them and if LeBron plays the way he played last year of course LeBron James is the X factor I mean yes. that's but I don't even know if LeBron can do it like what he did last year because now he has to give give it up to love and he has right. to give it up to Kyrie and those guys they could be black holes sometimes but I mean I don't know love had a really good game six I mean that is that's a game that he needed coming into the finals yeah but he had a really bad game three and four well, I, know. I was going to say he sat on the bench for a long time yeah, or long period of time. That's why he needed to get to have game game five and six under him, right? I mean, he needed those. He needed to get back his confidence. But he might. When be- Richard Jefferson's getting prolonged minutes in the postseason, we have issues. Yeah. I know that's pretty sad. That's really sad. The biggest question I think, or it's going to be interesting to see, is that. If you have your starting five in Cleveland, your traditional or your, I guess your your main love, Tristan Thompson, LeBron, J.R. Smith, and Kyrie Irving, who are they going to guard? Like you, you have two big black holes on defense, right. namely in Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, and I can't wait to see the the matchups of okay, if you who are you going to hide Kyrie Irving on? Who are you going to hide Kevin Love on? Um, are you going to keep Tristan Thompson near the rim for rim protection? He's not really that great of a rim protector. What do you do? Uh, I was thinking about, you know, not a lot of people are talking about this, but it's, I, rem- I remember the old when, um, what year was it? I think it was 2012 when the Bulls, when Derrick Rose was healthy. 2012 was the MVP year for Rose, right? Uh, I've, you know, I've blocked out a lot of good memories. <laughs> So whatever it was the Rose's MVP year and you know it was the Bulls I think were the number 1 seed in the East that year and they played Miami and LeBron basically they just went up they put LeBron on Derrick Rose and they're like all right we're going to take Derrick Rose out of this everybody else beat us and I wonder are you going to do the same thing with LeBron putting him on Steph Curry but the problem is LeBron doesn't have the he does he's not LeBron from 4 years ago where he has the mileage or the odometer to be able to keep up with Steph Curry running around the whole time. You're going to wear his ass down if you do that. Yeah, no, you're so not then who and and the Warriors are like experts at freeing up Curry. I mean, their whole bread and butter of the season has been let's figure out ways to free up Curry. And I don't think LeBron is going to deal with that. I mean, he's going to have to rely on his team to to defend. 
So let's say you say, fine, we're going to throw out Della Vadova to do that. But now you've got Della Vadova there on, you you've got Della Vadova on offense, right? You either put Shumpert yeah. or J.R. Smith on, on, on Curry. And well, the, the thing is either Smith or, or Irving is going to guard Curry. And then the other one's going to guard Clay Thompson. Kevin Love's going to guard on. Harrison Barnes or Iguodala. Uh, I'd put LeBron on Draymond Green, and then which they'll do probably, and so, then Tristan yeah. Thompson on Bogut. But don't don't forget that uh, last year when Irving played Game One, he actually did a decent job on Curry, and the series before that, he actually did a very good job on Rose. Granted, Rose wasn't like his himself, but Curry held his own pretty well defensively, and you know he he can surprise you. But Irving was pretty miserable against a, ho- a horrifically overrated Raptors team. I mean, there's the, that Raptors team had no business winning two games. I'm sorry. I know they played well those two games in Toronto. They had no business. I thought that, they were going to get swept. I thought, they, I thought Cleveland thought they were going to walk in 12-0. and 0. They should have got swept. Cleveland walked in with their, you know, going 10 straight. There's just no reason for them to play that way. It's simply because, you know— uh, Lowry got relatively hot. DeRozan got hot, and forty percent of the Cleveland starting lineup doesn't play defense. Yeah, and, but that's what I—that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that's a formula for beating Golden State. Like, if you bust out Iman Shumpert off the bench, like, okay, fine, you have Iman Shumpert. Then who are you swapping out of the lineup? J.R. Smith. Are you going? So you're going to replace J.R. Smith, who is shooting out of his mind, right. who was shooting which out of you his can't mind the last couple of games, which you can't do. So let's say you've got – I mean let's you even say Love you get fancy. You put Love on the fancy. bench, you move LeBron to the four and play Shumpert at the three. I was going to say you put Shumpert at the three or Smith at the three. So now you've got Smith, Shumpert, Irving, LeBron, and Tristan Thompson. You've got – what? You still have a black hole in terms of shooting with Iman Shumpert. Right. At least when you've got James Thompson, Love, Smith, and Irving, you can shoot from four places. Like it's just an interesting matchup conundrum for them, and someone's going to get someone is going to be mismatched on their side against somebody on Golden State side, unless Golden State puts out the lineup of death with Iguodala out there and they swap out, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes. So I think there's a lot of really interesting subplots and chess pieces and chess matches where, you know, you're like, all right, we're going to throw this guy on this guy, and how are they going to match up with each other? And then the other level of of uh, discussion is on one side you've got uh, Ty Lue as the coach, and the other <laughs> side you've got Steve Kerr as the coach. Yeah, I was right? just going to say that. <laughs> Who do I trust to make adjustments from, from game to game and half to half? Ty Lue's adjustment is going to be like, hey, LeBron, what should we do? What, what should yeah. we do? Right. <laughs> Um, Which Drake album you want to listen to next? <laughs> and, you know, Golden State beat Cleveland twice during the season. Both of those were Dave Blatt coaching games, so there's no necess- right. no precedent we can go off based off, you know, what did Ty Lue do in those games. He pre-Channing Fry, you know. He makes pre-Channing a big de- difference. Um, disgusting fact, going back to the Stephen Clay, they hit 33 pointers in the last two games of the Warriors Thunder series. That's nasty. Jeez. Which is ridiculous. Uh, I think there's a lot to say about Golden State. I mean, one of the interesting things about them is you know, they were the third team to win the conference finals after trailing 3 to 1. And the last time it happened, you know, Neil wasn't even born yet. So. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> the 81 Celtics. 
So, you know, that I think that says a lot. They have shown their resiliency. Like they were down 2-1 to Memphis last year. They were down 2-1 to Cleveland last year. They were down 3-1 against Oklahoma City. So like they know how to get punched and kind of come back from that. And I really wonder if from uh, from Cleveland's standpoint, like Cleveland hasn't kind of go through that, at least this permutation of the Cleveland team. Like what happens? Yeah. Does Kyrie Irving get tight? Does Kevin Love get tight if they're, you know, looking at 3-1 themselves? They were, I mean, the closest they got was 2-2. I mean, they've had a cakewalk. Like that's the thing is being in the East, you get a false sense of achievement um, because you play against shit opponents. Hey, that Pistons Atlanta team was a great team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, the Pistons were probably the second best team they played in the playoffs because that Atlanta team was feces. Like, just no, there was inexcusable. Yeah, I can't believe they beat Boston to even get to that point. I know. I yeah, as Bill Simmons always said, they had the, they had three and a half starters that Boston team did. Right. I would have loved so. to see Boston Cleveland healthy, but whatever. Yeah, I, Toronto, I don't think. Uh, I don't think Cleveland would have the mental ability. I mean, you'll see LeBron ball out. He might be able to, if they get down 3-1, you might see LeBron ball out, carry them like to game six, and then just, you know, wilt. Like basically what happened last year in game six, you know. I mean, Golden State's the epitome of a team. I mean, they're 100% a team, and Cleveland isn't. They're LeBron and a bunch of guys trying to do their best around him. Well, for this year, I guess so, but... I mean, if you take if you take like Stephen Curry out of it, like that is a significant you know chunk of your. He's a fucking MVP. I understand, but like (laughs) the team is I don't know. Team to me means a lot of like a guy can go out and you don't skip that much of a beat. Yeah, but Um, they at least you know they they have great ball movement. They they play great team defense. You know they. From a schematic standpoint, wrinkles and all the different looks they can give you, yes, Golden State is a little more complete. Um, whereas Cleveland is, you know, there's LeBron, there's Kyrie, there's Kevin Love, and then hopefully we're going to get something from someone else. And that was a big part of why they eventually ended up smoking Toronto is because then J.R. Smith contributed and Channing Fry contributed and they started getting contributions from other places, I mean, from just outside of those quote-unquote big three. So that's why they were eventually able to pull away. I think Kyrie Irving is really the pivotal player in this series. If he does his best Russell Westbrook imitation, this is going to be a seven-game series. And if he's a one-way James Harden-esque, I'm going to huck it up and I'm going to do my best. And you know, on defense, I don't really care about that part. And it's going to be a short series. Yeah, I think it's going to be a short series. Then I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) He's he's nowhere near a Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is the most well-rounded player in the NBA. When he wants to be. The the thing that that. So, like, what Oklahoma City would – like, they just out-rebounded Golden State, like, every game. And one of the big factors was Russell Westbrook is the best rebounding guard. It's for someone at size, especially. He's amazing. and He's a triple-double machine, man. Yeah, he's, he's, exactly. Yeah, he's a very complete. Cleveland doesn't have that. He's he's almost doubling, like, the, the next person. He's leading uh, the playoffs in assists, or he was. And the next guy was, like, almost half of his total. He has 198. The next guy has like 111 or something like that. Yeah, 119 for Kyle Lowry, and then and then Russell Westbrook had 198. He, he's just he's incredible. He's leading. He led it in steals at 46. I mean, just yeah. Oh, I don't a- I don't see Kyrie Irving coming close to any of that. Nope. One of the interesting things along those lines, um, in terms of regular season uh, percentages. Oklahoma City was actually number one in offensive rebounding, 
Um, Portland was number three, who Golden State played in the second round. Houston was number six, who Golden State played in the opening round. Cleveland's below all of them. Granted, they're still a top 10 team. But Golden State obviously thrives on taking other teams' misses and running the fast break and or just letting Curry pull up from damn near half court and just bomb it from there. But uh, one of the big things I distinctly remember from last season's finals is that I don't have the stats to back it up, but Cleveland really, when they went big, really harassed them on the boards, and it was really hard for Golden State to well, that's implement that part of their offense. Tristan Thompson earned his eighty-some million-dollar yeah. contract Absurd is based contract. on exactly. yeah. because he he was killing it on the offensive boards and getting putbacks and getting easy buckets, and I don't think they do that this year without having Mozgov because mozgov has been terrible all season. He'll barely play in this series, you know. They 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 won't have the same size, so they're not going to have the same rebounding advantage as they had last year. Yeah, they'll have to play more Channing Fry, and that's not gonna that's not gonna work out. Yeah, I, I you know this has been like kind of the, uh, the 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 whole reason why you watch sports is is that it, it's all storytelling, and you're watching this great story unfold with Golden State. And I just can't see it ending without them winning the championship. That's the beauty is that they still can. And, you know, I like that's the thing is I think Rajan said it earlier in the in the podcast is LeBron is your X factor. He is so freaking talented that he can overcome a lot of problems uh, that his team has. I mean, he, he almost carried them last year, man. I mean, he put up 31 and like 13 in in the in the game uh, in the finals last year that was like single-handedly like the best finals performance um, right now lebron reminds you so much of like 97 and 98 jordan you're like okay you can start to see like the decline but he's still the best player in the world but now we're having conversations like oh well this guy deserves the mvp and this guy maybe deserves the mvp over him it's like that's great but at the end of the day, he's still the most complete player in the world, even more than Steph Curry from a complete game standpoint. And he's still the most, one of the most dangerous players in the world in terms of everything he can do and the way he can tilt a game at so many different levels. Um, I'm not necessarily using him from the same standpoint because at the end of the day, he doesn't have six t- uh, six titles in or six four attempts. or five titles <laughs> in six attempts. Um, although I don't know if you count the 95 season for Jordan necessarily. Oh, but, against Orlando. Well, it's six yeah. finals appearances and six wins. That's that's how that's the right. uh, the way people people do it because he's lost in the playoffs so many more times than six. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love this 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 entire um, matchup reminds me a lot of the '98 finals where you have a team that's kind of running on fumes coming in. You've got the team with the MVP on the other side between Malone was the MVP in 98 and then Jordan is the, the last hurrah of that team. And, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, how much mileage does LeBron have left? You know, what is, where is he going next? Is he going to leave? I mean, there's still some conversation. Don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if Golden State can sustain this for another season. I just don't think it's possible, especially with the rest of the roster aging and, or and some gonna, other parts of the, and they'll lose some people, right? I mean, it's not all like they'll lose Barnes, even though people say he's like been shitty. Um, I don't. So you yeah. you lose Barnes, which On is well and contract. good. And that's fine. But then you know Iguodala, who knows what his future is. There's probably going to be other role players on the team who are going to command more money. I don't have the free agent Best list ahead of me. This is a restricted free agent, and I would more than happily let him go. Let him go somewhere right. else. Yeah. Uh, 
Bogut, how much, how much, how many good years does he have left, if any? It's the window is kind of they have to maximize it this year, as John said. They have to cap off the story with the right ending, and then because um, you know who knows what next year looks like with if Oklahoma City reloads in any way, shape, or form. There's still San Antonio, so forth and so on. I just think there's a lot of interesting stories. There's the LeBron legacy. He's taken Cleveland back to the finals again. Um, is he going to do it? What does the Cleveland's roster look like next year? What if Golden All State made a play for Al Horford? Golden State made a play for Al Horford. Oh. That would be a nice fit, actually. Yeah. It would be a nice fit. Yeah. And Nick uh, Batum is also unrestricted, but he might try to command a lot of money. I don't, I don't see him leaving Charlotte. I actually, think they'll give him the money that he wants. You know who is also unrestricted free agent is Luol Dang. Yes, he is. Yeah, I saw that. And he would be My a supposed- good Harrison Barnes filler. Oh yeah, because you could you could sign him on a on a affordable contract. And despite my dis- total and utter disdain for Luol Deng. You could give him a one-year, eight, eight, seven, eight million dollar contract, and he would totally take that to go he's, play in Golden State. He's such a locker room guy. Like it's, it would he's exactly. He would fit very well there. Yeah. But that's the thing about free. There's always a guy that you can fill in for at least a year. You can always get get fillers. And he'd be a very poor and drunk man's version of Andre Iguodala. Like very drunk. <laughs> Mad Dog 2020, homeless guy on the street, drunk version of Andre Iguodala. But he's cheap. But he's cheap. $8 million a year, but he's cheap. Shit, he might not be cheap. The way this free agency is going to go, he could he could, he could cash in. Well, yeah, cheap, the amount of money that they're is, throwing yeah. around this year is just ridiculous. Cheap is going to be a relative term. So, Yeah, speaking of money being thrown around, how about that Beal contract? <laughs> oh, $23 million a year. How much is John Wall making? I think he's at 16. Yeah. 16, 16 is the high point of his con- – 17 might be the yeah. high po- high point of his contract. Somebody's going to be pissy. He's going to be very jealous. <laughs> I thought they were I thought they were best friends, but I, I don't think I, – I think there's a rift growing between those two. And I think this contract's going to possibly divide them. Yep. I agree. I, I don't uh, – I mean, while and, it's – And Beal's a make, dick. Really? Why? He's a dick. Well, is, what makes you say that? Just because yeah. of his attitude, he's a dick. I mean, he's not – what's he going to say? Like, no, I don't want the most money. No, I don't want to no, be the highest like, paid player. Anytime you, you see him, he's just he's just a dick. He's also 22. I mean, he's, he's yeah, going to be young and stupid and petulant. Yeah, we yes, yes he assholes. did very, very dickish things at 22. <laughs> I know firsthand. So. Yep. I, but I, I just find it funny because you know it's typical typical Ernie. I mean, they they don't even he does he's the world's worst negotiator. They had no it's choice. It's like oh Phoenix, have, have no oh choice. you want my first round pick for a guy that you don't even want on your team? Sure, you can have it. Oh Gilbert Arenas, you're gonna give us a break by you know not taking 123 million. You're only gonna take 119. Oh my God, you're you're such a hometown hero. You know this is this is a bargain. Bradley Beal, you want the max? Sure, have it. Have it. Absolutely. absolutely. He's the guy that tries to go like a street vendor in Italy where they sell knockoff stuff and then go and pay full price for the knockoff stuff, fully knowing that the culture there is you have to haggle for the prices. He's like, I don't want to haggle. Just here's the money. Just take it for the knockoff. It's $50. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. I'll take that. Yeah. Right. You want this too? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take right. that too. You know, right? Agent. He's the type of guy. It's like if it's one for five or two for twelve. He'll like, well, I'll take two for twelve in that case. <laughs> so that that's that's Ernie Grunfeld. Yep. Uh, he's gonna pay. I mean, as evidenced by the whole litany of contract, he's gonna pay. I think it's a foregone conclusion because that he's gonna pay. And his argument would be, well, if I don't fork out the max, some team with a butt ton of cap money is gonna, right. which is, is true, fork out the max. Yeah, he has no choice. I mean, there's just no choice in the matter, unfortunately. But you could at least engage in a discussion to maybe get him down. Okay. You get them down yeah. to 20, 20 a year and say, hey, we can offer you this extra year that nobody else can. You know, there there is some there's a little bit of leverage that the, you know, the the home team has and that it's just annoying that they don't even try it. I think I think play, players so, are now like don't give a shit about that extra year because they know the cap is just going to yeah, be it's just going to go up. Yeah. Like they're actually losing money taking the longer year that the extra year. Then fuck it, sign for to a one year deal. I mean, some team not... like some team like Brooklyn, some team like Philadelphia, some team even like Memphis. They all have a butt ton of cap money coming to them. They're gonna blow their load on on Beal, saying hopefully the Wizards don't match. But I mean, we know we have the world the world's worst negotiator, the you know Uncle Money Spend, who is more than happy to re up Andre Blatch when he doesn't need to, or you know Gilbert Arenas on one knee. Or all those types of contracts. It's just, you know, it's mental masturbation to think otherwise that Beal is not going to be a member of the Wizards and making max money. Like, he's just going to. Yeah, agreed. Which is fine. I mean, you look at the rest of the... What do you do with the rest of the free agency, though? I mean, I, I don't see them bring... I, I would almost punt again. I would do the same thing they've done the past two summers and just bring in guys on one-year contracts to fill the roster and just punt till the next... But then what do you do the year after that? I don't know. You just keep k- kicking that can because what what they saved for ain't happening. Yeah, it's not happening. There's Scotty no Brooks chance. is not going to bring uh, KD. No. KD. You know who Scotty Brooks is trying to bring over here? Who? Thomas Sadoransky. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so there was Steve. a report some, on the Twitters today that Thomas that uh, Scott Brooks went out to Barcelona to go personally. Uh, he does you know, not want to come here. Recruit Sadoran. No, Sato's coming here. But he it's does just not a, not willingly. He does not want to. The biggest come question here. is who cares? I don't give yeah, a shit. It's a good question. He's a six eight I mean, white guy who's plays guard but isn't that athletic and isn't that great of a shooter. As mentioned earlier and when in reference What's to Dragon that? Bender, you can you only imagine Ernie's hard on for the fact that he's gonna be able to have another Euro on his team. Yeah, he loves scouting that Sabra League. It's fucking soberly. I'm surprised he didn't get blat, actually. <laughs> I think he only he's he too only... busy eating all that. Isn't he in the Philippines? He's coaching over Turkey. Uh, yeah, he's tur- coaching in Turkey now. Yeah, the country, not the poultry, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm. Still, oh, I mo- mean, he should have gone for blat. I think that would have been hilarious. Can you imagine having a having a conversation with Mo with Mo Bucket saying there's there's basketball and turkey? It's like I can have basketball and turkey. <laughs> Get it all. It's like no, not a, and turkey. It's in turkey. They but got fried chicken too. They got fried turkey. It's delicious. Another is there another any... interesting uh, free agent is uh, he he's really old though, but he could fit with Golden State is uh, Jamal Crawford. Very un- he's an unrestricted 
little Clippers, instant Clippers offense are, off the bench. Clippers are just totally falling apart. They're done. They're, they're going to so, dismantle that team. Yeah, they have to. Well, they have to give more minutes to Austin Rivers. So, <laughs> well, you know, his his mama wants to see him play. And, and DeAndre Jordan got his chance to uh, lead a team and uh, utterly failed. And that worked out real well. I can't believe he was a first team All NBA. It's only because they had to put the antiquated rule of center, and even then, I think I would they take an- just... Andre Drummond over him. Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, I know true. you can't pick Cousins because he missed so many games, and you know he's he's a <laughs> jackass. <laughs> but and everyone oh. hates him, right? Other everyone than that. hates him, but you know what? I'll trade the farm for him. I'm waiting for somebody to trade the farm for him, and I hope it's Washington. I would not be surprised if it's Boston, though. I think Boston, no. Boston's making them play for Durant. They're not. That's bullshit. I, I saw that report. I was like, you know what? His agent's giving that info to everybody. Durant is not leaving. He's not leaving. Like, it's it, it's just we have to we ha- let's the, end the conversation. It, there's now. no chance. Durant is not leaving. Not this year. It is a ninety-eight plus percent chance that he's re-signing the two-year with the one-year opt-out in Oklahoma City. He's yep. doing it. Guaranteed. Here's the thing. If he signs the two year, the you know the two year with a one year opt out, so he'll and kick the can as John put it till next summer. Once he re ups, let's say he re ups with Oklahoma City next summer, uh, next summer, he can make a combined between the two co- the two year deal plus whatever he re signs over at that point, a combined total of two hundred and twenty eight million over six seasons. If he did it via free agency, it would be about one hundred and seventy six million. Point being, it would be a difference of $50 million. Yeah, he's never going he anywhere. How, why the hell? It's easy for us to talk about these fictional numbers where you know we're never going to see them in our lifetime, or at least you know we only can hope to see yeah, them. I will not. How the fuck are you going to pass up on $50 million? You don't. You don't. Especially especially when he's so charitable. You know, shit, just donate that $50 million. I don't give a shit. Not to mention the fact, okay, he re-signs the one-year deal. He just looks at it that we went seven games with a historically great team. And as mentioned, we don't know if that historically great team is going to be even 70% as good next season, given that some of the personnel changes and another year older and stuff like that in Golden State. What if he signs a one-year deal saying, look, I can get one more crack at them. I've got Russ at his prime right now. I've got Steven Adams who is improving. I've got Roberson who showed me something. I've got, got Ibaka Kander for one more something. year. I've got Ibaka for one more year. I've got Billy Donovan who's got one year of experience under his belt. Like, And I can go to the gym gonna, and say, get me some t- shooters. Yeah, that's what they really need. They need some Just get outside. me some goddamn shooters. They need 3 and D. Everybody needs 3 and D guys. Yeah. I mean, fuck Durant even likes he's the one man on earth who likes, in fact, if not loves Dion Waiters, which I don't get. I, I hate him so much. Everyone hates Dion, oh, Dion Waiters, but Durant I would before he even congratulated Waiters anybody Island. on Golden State. He went over and like hugged Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters loves Durant and Durant loves Dion Waiters. I'm proud of you. That's what he said to him. He said he's proud of him. No one is proud of Dion Waiters. Mrs. Waiters is probably not proud of Dion Waiters, but Kevin Durant is. That's that's the uh, well. I mean, so did you listen to his press conference like after they lost? No, I was just busy um, laughing at Russell Westbrook's part <laughs> of the press conference. <laughs> he's so awesome, dude. He's 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 so he's he's amazing. But Kevin Durant is basically like you know all you reporters, all the guys outside. They don't see how hard a lot of these guys work, and you know for Kevin Durant to actually think that Dion Waiters showed some sign of work ethic. Uh, 
maybe speaks a lot to the the way that Waiters is trying to change. Durant works. Um, he works his ass so off. He works his ass off. First so they have last, day he knows what it think, takes. Yeah, yeah. So if, if somebody like Waiters can, you know, impress upon him, that, that must be saying something. Right. And maybe he's rubbing off on him the right way, you know. I think it was their locker clean-out day, but there was a quote about that Dion Waiters had about Oklahoma City and about Kevin Durant um, that I think said a lot. And De- uh, Dion Waiters said, quote, Since I got here, I feel as though they, being Oklahoma City, have helped me grow and become a better person off the court. It's not even about basketball. I've never connected with a group of guys like this, speaking of Oklahoma City, that I'm actually close to. Which I think there's a couple of nice little jabs at you know Cleveland and stuff like that, and that notwithstanding, I think it just goes back to speak about what Durant's influence of the locker room is and kind of leading by example with him and Russ and the work ethic that you guys are talking about, which is absolutely true. I just I find it even if he opts out after next year, really difficult to see him in a scenario where he's not in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean the money, the numbers alone uh, are enough to like you know, say 98, 99% he's there. I, you'd have to like be able to form a super team and convince him that uh, his legacy will not be tainted by joining a super team. Yeah, but how are you going to construct a super team? It's not like Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade are free agents to go along with you. The The free agent cast is... Well, it's all, it's all about taking less money, you know. Yeah, but and, there's nobody to take less money. Al Horford... Hassan Whiteside, Dwight Howard, those those are the type of guys that are free agents. Like, you have to make trades. No, no, I mean like down the road. I mean like maybe next year or something, you know, after next year or something. Right. The instance of having a Chris Bosh, a Dwayne Wade, and a LeBron James being able to be free agents at the same time and orchestrate that situation is historically unprecedented. It was preconceived. Well, it's also a result of that awesome draft. I mean, that yeah. draft is right. also, like, amazing. The 2004 draft, yeah. for sure. Um, I don't think that any per- opportunity in that nature is going to present itself when it comes to Kevin Durant. I mean, the only player, theoretically, where he would have that relationship and the ability to kind of Very work side-by-side side with is James Harden, and that's the, you know that train has sailed. So that that's just not happening. Now he can go huck up 50 shots a game under D'Antoni, so I don't think that's going to happen anywhere, and I don't think... Daryl Morey is going to let him go. He's probably going to do to to uh, Harden what Vivek is doing to Cousins, that he's going to die on that sword. But I just – I think Durant is going to be that guy that's going to play on the team. He's going to be you know, kind of Peyton Manning for the Colts, but forever that he's just that's, – that's his team, and he's not going anywhere else minus the three years in Denver. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when Russell Westbrook goes to L.A. after 2017 and what the hell happens with Ibaka. I really want them to trade Ibaka. I think if Oklahoma City really wants to take that next step, trade Serge Ibaka for whatever you can get in some pieces. Um, I wouldn't do that. I would run with them for another year. you got to go one year. you got to go one more year. What are you going to – all right, so the big trade partner is Minnesota. Minnesota would take Ibaka in a heartbeat because, you know, they're a young team. They have – they have, but I mean, what are you going to get from them? There's always someone, as I can't remember who was saying it. There's always someone that kind of finds themselves out of the woodwork. I mean, let's just play devil's advocate. And I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, nor I don't do I condone it happening. But don't you think Ibaka would fit on the Wizards? Absolutely. As a stretch four, don't you think he'd fit on any damn team? A lot of he's, teams, but more he's from very a good. actual 
actual need perspective. Like we need the athletic stretch four. He's so a like defensive you could, player of the year. He'd he's fit a on the good Bulls shooter. Well. He'd fit on the Bulls. He'd fit on every team. It's just what I'm, are you gonna what are you gonna throw at him to pry him away? And then what if you're Oklahoma City? What are you getting in return that is is comparable? So if Washington, I'm just completely spitballing this off of the top of my head, but if Washington said something like, well, Jared Dudley's a free agent, but if you said something like Porter, who's the young kid that I'm completely blanking on that we drafted this Kelly year? Oubre. That got, Kelly Oubre, thank you. Um, Oubre and some, although we have nobody on our roster right nope. now, so it's not like we have yeah, Mar- so The only other person you can right trade now. is Marquis. Yeah, yeah I don't think yeah. so. It's no. not going to work out. No, pot through, the, pot through the airport is not going to work out. <laughs> what an idiot! What you, you just got like you just got that rape charges like dropped. No, no, I'm going to make some international flights and bring a whole bunch. In of fairness, people. it wasn't rape; it was assault. Right. But oh, sorry. Same thing, potato. potato but you know, but... my mom and I, when we fly internationally, we got to get high. <laughs> hey, Markeith had a uh, allegedly had a prescription for it, so. Because it was good for so his does gl- everybody in California. <laughs> so, I it mean, was good for his glaucoma. It's really not hard to get one, from what I understand. So, yeah. I got one from Dr. Nick Riviera. There it is. It's your window to weight gain. One, two, three, Fake Street. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I mean, they could. Uh, that'd be in- well. See, Ryan Anderson's kind of like washed up, but I mean, they could make a play for him. Yeah, but there's nothing else in New Orleans that you'd want to trade for. No, he's a free agent. He's an unrestricted. Oh, right, 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 for free agency. I mean, there's some team that's going to present itself that there's an opportunity and it really, you know, we'd have to work hard to kind of bang your head against the wall as to who it's going to be and what they would trade in return. But they could, if they're creative enough, and Presti hasn't really shown their creativity per se, do something with the it. The problem is that the ownership's too damn cheap. That's yeah. the big the, thing. The, the only way that they... They really, because Golden Oklahoma City is going to be a contender again next year. They're going to have Durant. They're going to have Westbrook. Blah blah blah. They're going to be a contender. Now, if they want to win a damn championship, the owners have to open up their pocketbook and do whatever they can to get more talent on that team. And I don't think they're going to do it. They're too. They're too damn cheap. If you had this team currently constructed the way it is right now. Would you put any money on them to win the title next year? Or how much money would you put on them to win the title next year? Oklahoma City. Given what we know about um, you know, Golden State, there's still Oklahoma, I mean, there's still San Antonio out west. There's still LeBron James in Cleveland. If I had a would thousand think, bucks to bet, I'd put mm-hmm. 500. On, on Oklahoma City. Yeah. Wow. Winning the title. Yeah. Next year. Yep. Shit. Damn, I don't, I don't think I would do that. I don't think I don't even know if I'd put a hundred. I think I think they'd have good odds, so that's why I'm gonna put more money. But I also think they could do it. They could absolutely do it. I think, I think they could though, absolutely do it. I think um I think Cleveland is gonna do it next year. Yeah, yeah I think I, if you I think I, I think LeBron's gonna eventually pull it off. I pray that it's not this year. I mean the East is so freaking terrible. I mean that's the thing. His, he's got a cakewalk to the finals. Every year is a cakewalk for him. Yep. Really interesting to see what San Antonio does in the uh, in the off season. I can't believe like yeah that that was shot. I mean it's not surprising because OKC is is really freaking good, but um... OKC exposed them because as we were, as we were talking about previously, like 
Tony Parker started to show his age since severely. Tim Duncan started to show his age severely. And Kawhi Leonard got exposed a little bit as a guy who's really good at both ends, but not elite when it comes to when you like really, really need him and you got to put everything on his shoulders. Yeah. And as I was mentioning a lot, where they kind of took everybody away and you know they said, fine, LaMarcus Aldridge, you beat us. And he did a damn fine job at some level, but Leonard looked tentative when he was asked to lead the team, which I thought was a really interesting scenario. Well, KD stepped up. I mean, he uh, like you like when he he played Steph Curry like mano a mano a lot too. Oh, he did in the series, and that was that's what I thought was one of the most impressive things that uh, I haven't I didn't hear many people talk about it is just like he did a phenomenal job on Curry one on one, especially on defense. Yeah, no, he yeah. did a great job on defense because yeah. he's got those damn long arms and he just forced turnovers. So all the little lollipop passes they used to get on everybody else, Oklahoma City was grabbing and running the other way and. Building they're, their leads. They're another team that should go for Dang. I mean, I think he would fit well there too. Stop trying to make Luol Dang a thing. It's not a thing. Dude, he's a really underrated, restricted, unrestricted free agent. He's going to get bids. Oh yeah, he's going to get bids, and he's going to be somewhat affordable because of his age. Yeah. And absolutely. if you are in the running for a championship, you have to con- you have to consider him. Yeah. Goddamn Dukies. <laughs> Where does Rajan Rondo go? Now I'm just like thrown out like random shit because i'm looking at the list not sacramento <laughs> well he's unrestricted i mean right who, who, who in their right mind would pick up rajon rondo he's going to turkey as well <laughs> is that a thing yeah, i hear f- china's paying a lot for point guards the country, these days. Not the yeah i think china would work out real well for him he'd be pretty angry in china but he'd be pretty angry anywhere anyway so <laughs> oh my god him and steph marbury that would be that'd be fantastic <laughs> god Except he's like the opposite of Steph Marbury. Like, all he wants to do is pass. Do not ask me to put the ball in the hoop. Can't do that. It's really interesting. I I, I mean, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Oklahoma City. I think they're going to be a fascinating team to watch in the offseason. But the idea... um, it was on Twitter, I think, the day after Game 7, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Kevin Durant's, you know, there's a chance he's coming to D.C. It's like, no, 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 there's, no, a, no. there's zero chance. I Now, I do think he will have a meeting. I think that he might he might have a meeting yeah, just out of courtesy. Well, let's see he has been, the meeting he's never, just to get be, wooed. Yeah, he's never had that experience, right? So nobody's ever pitched, like, been able to pitch to him. Nobody's ever tried to woo him. So I think uh, he's definitely going to take advantage of it. Yeah. So when LeBron was doing his initial tour of everybody should pitch to me um, in 2010, 2011, whatever year the decision was in, I think 10, um, I remember the story of when the Knicks came and pitched to him. They were like, he was there physically, but mentally checked out. Like he was basically twiddling his thumbs, fucking with his phone, not even paying attention to the presentation that the Knicks were giving him. I imagine that's what Durant would do, yeah. when, especially if Ernie Grunfeld starts talking. Uh, no, he'll meet with them, but it's not it's not going to result in anything. Or the story of when, uh, who was it? I think it was Under Armour pitched Steph Curry, and they got the name wrong on the PowerPoint it's presentation. Nike. Nike. He signed with Under Armour. Nike. Right, he saw, right, right, right. Yeah, right. they had, had it backwards. And, like, they had the name wrong, and they, like, you know, mispronounced his name. I imagine, you know, like, Ernie Grunfeld walking in and calling him Kevin Durant. Like, I just imagine that happening. <laughs> you like to be called Kevin, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I had a, I, I drafted a guy named Kevin from fr- from France. <laughs> So can like, can I call you Special K? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So yeah, I, I think to John's point, yeah, he'll have a meeting. 
how legitimate that meeting is is entirely it's, a different matter. Yeah, it's not. He's not leaving. I, I just point blank, he's not leaving. Yeah. It's not happening. Um, we need to stop talking about it. It's going to be fodder for talk shows and everything else on. No, it's they've already driven me nuts because like every five minutes there's an article about it, and I'm like, everybody knows he's not going anywhere. Stop talking about it, and and we're even so far away. Now, what I'm more curious about is what's what's Boston going to do? They're going to do something. Danny Ainge is going to pull some type of rabbit out of his ass. Is but he going to get thing. Blake? Is he going to get Cousins? Ten years ago, every, everything – like the most precious thing in the NBA was cap space, right? And then after the summer of 08 and 09 and then 2010 with the decision, we kind of realized cap space don't mean shit because players are going to do what players are going to do, and they're going to go wherever. It's not necessarily about, well, if Milwaukee has cap space, and teams are going to want to go to Milwaukee because there's money. Like, it doesn't matter. They started caring about other things. I feel like the idea of assets and trade chips are kind of the new cap space. They were like, all right, we have to acquire all these assets and all this these assets to move. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, what did Philadelphia do with all these assets? What did Houston they do didn't with have all these good assets? assets. Well, Philadelphia also had a shitty management too. Like, he just wanted to collect, I, collect, and just. I tank. don't think no. Sam Hinkie I, was I, actually. I I think Sam Hinkie was pretty pretty good GM. If I owned a team, and I know I'd be a colossal asshole if I did, I would. That's not I would saying take, much. I know, but I would I would love to have Sam Hinkie right now running the Wizards. Sam Hinkie was the wrong place at the wrong time. That's all it was. He was just at the wrong time. Great idea, wrong time, got screwed by the lottery. Well, and the funny That's part is, is that everything worked out for him now because they're going to get Ben Simmons. Right. And I still think, you know, we're laying the foundation or, yeah, he's going to – Colangelo's are going to get all the credit as usual right. for the, all the work that, that uh, Hinkie did. Douchebags. But at the end of the day, it's like how much, <laughs> you know – Houston collected all these assets for years, and now I think Boston is cut from the same cloth. That they're like, yeah, but they got eventually all these turn those assets pieces. into James Harden. I think Boston's going to turn their assets into into Blake Griffin or Demar or, or Cousins. But they turned into James Harden. James Harden took them to you know two games of the within the uh, of the NBA Finals last year. But then what? Well, okay, so that was one year. Then were, you got James Harden. They were able to get Dwight, but I mean, I know Dwight sucks. He's a shell of himself. But the potential of Dwight was was still pretty high. The potential of Jamarcus Russell was high too. That potential doesn't mean shit. That's that's like the foundation of every contract, though. Every contract is based on potential. Bradley Beal getting a max. Yeah. Built on potential. At least he showed something. I don't. I, I. Harden is still a top ten player in the he NBA, is. and but he's and not a acquire... player that's gonna wait, that you're going to build around for a championship team. He's not. No, he's a he's a Batman. Yeah, but you. <laughs> If that, how many teams have actually won an NBA championship though in the past thirty years? There's like five. It's it's, it's less than ten. It's it's the yeah. Bulls, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Pistons, uh, uh, Miami, the, the Rockets, the Heat, Golden State, and San Antonio. Yeah, so that's like Maver- what, eight. Right? Did you say the Mavericks? Maver- nine with oh, the Mavericks. That, that sorry, one. yeah. That's nine. That's nine damn teams. Only nine teams have won it since since the since 1980. So I mean, if if I'm sorry, if I can get a top ten player and and be a competitive team, I have to. That's that, that's the shot you got to take. That's or you could be the Wizards, <laughs> and and you know not make the playoffs. You said the Spurs too, right? Yeah. Okay. Who did say San Antonio? Yeah. 
I don't know. I think the Wizards are destined for the treadmill of mediocrity for the immediate time being, and they're going to blow their money on on something dumb, and they're going to please, please, please don't be Dwight Howard. I mean, for as the long love as, of God, please don't be Dwight. Howard. As long as Cleveland has the roster they have, uh, unfortunately, nobody in the East, unless they really pony up, is going to do anything. That's the unfortunate truth of it. That's exa- That's what happened in the Jordan years. Although the Pacers did take them to seven, which was a really good series, um, but. Who's going to beat Cleveland? Like, what would it take for somebody to beat Cleveland? Lots of awesome scoring. And injury to Cleveland. Basically, <laughs> Golden State. That's what that's what it takes to beat Cleveland. It's, it's, it's Golden State. Yeah. Or Oklahoma City. I think Oklahoma City would beat Golden State. If they would have advanced, they would they would beat, totally beat. They'd have beat. beaten Cleveland? They would, they'd beat Cleveland in the finals. You can call me a homer for all you or want. Or at least I would hope the, so. The Wizards are one very good player away from give from really giving Cleveland hell. I think if if Wall wouldn't have gotten hurt, if he wouldn't have busted up his wrist oh, last year, they would yeah. have beaten Atlanta and they would have given they would have at least taken Cleveland to six, if not seven games. They would have given Tell me the two thousand fourteen Wizards wouldn't have done a 2000, 2014 Wizards wouldn't have done a much better job against this year's Cavs than the Raptors did. Well, tell me a healthy Bulls team like with Rose tearing his ACL would have like not won the whole thing. I mean, they, you know, the whole injury the thing, thing is, you know. Yeah, if if, if it's in Buzzing Candy and Nuts or what a Christmas we'd have, yeah, I get all of that fun stuff. But at the at the end of the day, when Rose was Rose, they could still stick LeBron on him and, and blanket him. And they kind of did that. And again, whatever that playoff series was. But – the Wizards, especially like with the Paul Pierce Wizards, I think they would have done a much better job against the Cleveland than this year's Raptors did. That Absolutely. again could be my, yeah, my disdain yeah, yeah. for the Raptors coming out. That's I think that that'd be hard to argue against. The guards would outplay them. The their bigs would have done. There's more chutzpah in, in the front court. I mean, you've right. got you have Pierce yapping at everybody on that side and, all the time. And Pierce would get in guys' heads, and he loses. God, he like he like gets like ten years younger when he plays against LeBron. Yeah, he, and he, he would have been he would have been somewhat competent against LeBron. Yeah, he, I don't think Atlanta has enough firepower to really do anything. Miami, Bosch is going to retire. I don't think I think Bosch unfortunately is done. I think. Miami's going to force him to retire. I don't think he right. wants to retire. He might They're have gonna... to. I think he's smart enough to do stuff off the court. He's going to be. He'll be okay. Uh, Boston. Even if Boston gets some elite piece, I don't know if they have enough still. No, no they don't. No, you need at least two superstars. And that's why I keep saying. I mean, you know, this could be my blind homerism coming through, but at least with Wall and Beal, and then if you were to magically put some really nice player at the three or four. All right, if it I go into like match. delusionalness, you know, I could when I have my meeting with Kevin Durant, I could say, you know, that whole Westbrook thing he's not working, you know, he does boneheaded things, he's a ball hog. Why don't why don't you come to Washington? You 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 can come here. You've got a point guard that'll get you the ball, get you open looks. Everybody that plays with him gets their shooting percentages go up. You're not going to have a black hole on offense at the 2 cuz we got Bradley Beal. We have a competent four, and we've got an above-average center. I mean, be, be, that's because a, you can't that's offer a pretty good pitch. million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know. But as far as a basketball standpoint, you can make a reasonable pitch at them. It's completely impossible on so many different levels. But let, for the sake of complete hypothetical, let's say you put 
you have Cleveland, like this permutation of Cleveland on one side, and then you had a Wizards team that had Wall and Beal, and then let's just say in this completely delusional fantasy, Boogie Cousins was there too. Doesn't that automatically become fascinating? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Because then I can I can I can fill in that that three four with other players that can hit you know outside shots. Luol that Deng. Sp- that Luol Deng would be. <laughs> he would be so good on that team. You know, you, I could get a Luol we Deng man, and a Ryan and the three had a GM. You and know, I got a team. Is. And then I've got you know Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre coming off the bench. And you want to know what? Nene ain't retiring, so screw it. I'll give him. I'll give him a veteran's, uh, you well, know, mid-level not, exception. He's an unrestricted free agent. Fucking let him go. I. Know. Oh yeah, he's done so here. Yeah, he's not coming back. I bet you. He's got one I good year bet left. you he comes back. Better come back cheap. Yeah, well that's well. No, he will not be coming back cheap because yeah. Ernie is negotiating that contract. Well. Nene got 16 million and he played 75% of the game, so we're going to give him 13 million. That sounds like classic. That's what he's going to do. Whereas, you know, he's going right to be seven. Would you make a a run at Joe Johnson? For a one year deal? Yes. If I'm the Wizards? Yeah. No. He doesn't help us. To fill out the three? No, doesn't do anything for us immediately. It's a one year rental. The guy's got, what, two or three years left tops? Yeah, if yeah. I'm a contender, I give Joe Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Wizards aren't a contender. I thought Miami with a healthy Chris Bosh, adding Joe Johnson to that mix was a fascinating move, but unfortunately Chris Bosh is not I, Chris Bosh anymore. That would have been such a different oh, – what a different team that would have been. I think that would have been a great conference finals to see a Cleveland. That would have been way better than Toronto. Toronto-Cleveland was one of the least inspiring Eastern Conference Finals in quite some time. Toronto was a a phenomenal overachiever. Their roster is not good. I mean, wasn't Cleveland-Atlanta last year Conference Finals when Cleveland swept them? Like, horrible. They've been swept three times in a row by Cleveland. Like, they should just not be allowed in the playoffs. I have a theory. If they get a draw with Cleveland, they should just say, no, we're not playing the shit. Just pack it up. If you are swept out of the playoffs twice in a row, like you should just like not be allowed to play again. Should it be like soccer where you get demoted to like the league below? Yes, absolutely. Go oh, the- you're going to the D league now. We're going to bring the next guys up. Or you have like a one year ban from the postseason. Yeah, exactly. You're just you're just not allowed in the next year next year's postseason. I don't know. There's just something about Toronto that doesn't sit right with me, that team. I don't know. It's because Paul Pierce was awesome, and he stirred up a lot of, like, uh, anger. And Lowry gets a lot of credit where uh, Wall deserves it. I just feel like bandwagon fans to me, and it just really pisses me off. Like, go root for the Leafs. They they are actually very dedicated. The Leafs sucks. The the Raptors fans actually— They've been dedicated for a long time. I don't think it's bandwagon. I think that makes me even more mad because it's like there's more dedicated Raptors fans than there are Wizards fans. Uh, but there are no why? Wizards fans. There's like yeah, there's, there's like no Wizards fans. maybe five thousand of us. Period. Like I'm a bigger Wizards fan than half the people in DC. The ninety eight percent of the district. <laughs> and you're yeah. a Bulls fan. <laughs> and you're a Bulls fan. Exactly. No, yeah, no. Our fan base is terrible. It's embarrassing. On that morbid note, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. It's been another fine edition of the podcast. Now I'm sad and depressed and still angry at 
the Toronto Raptors. Final thing. Uh, we, have a, we have an NBA but, Finals. Oh, we haven't got predictions. Oh, shit. Golden State and six. Finals predictions. Six. Yeah, I think it's uh, – I'll go five. I'll be different. I'll say five. I yeah, pray I to God six. it's five, but I'm pretty sure Golden it's going to be six. I'm thinking – I actually think Cleveland will steal one game in – um, in Oakland, in Oakland, early on, I think Golden State will steal one of the games back. It'll be two-two after four games, and then I could see Golden State just. My prediction the is again. a Draymond Green gets another technical, gets suspended for a game, and J.R. Smith and Kyrie Irving go nuts and win said J- Draymond Green suspension game. That will be one of the wins. That's that's one of my predictions. I'm actually even going to go on a limb and say Cleveland wins game one. Wow. I hope not. Oh, I hope not. That would be I think terrible. Cleveland, Cleveland's going to go out and win game one because the emotional energy that but they've had, see, Golden State just expanded. No, I, th- I think Golden State's in such a good rhythm now. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're they're going to be roll. like, holy shit, these guys are like way easier than Oklahoma City. Yeah, I think they're going to roll. And they get plenty of rest. This this final schedule, it's like freaking three weeks long. Yeah. That is true. They get, they get, they get. So they get game one, then two days off, then game two, then two days off, and then game uh, one day off between three and four, and then two games off between the next all the remaining games because of kind of like, but kind of like last year's finals, kind of like the Oklahoma City finals. First four games will be tightly contested, and then Golden State pulls away. Yeah. Yep. Hope so. I I really do. Let's go Warriors. This is history that we're watching here. We're watching one of the greatest teams ever, and I want to see them finish finish this uh, title run. They have to. Yeah, agreed. I just that way, you know, when Mason's older, I can be like, Mason. I remember Golden State. Dude, we've seen the, we've seen the best two teams like in history. Yeah, yeah, the, the ninety six Bulls and, and yeah Golden State. So you know, and I'm I'm gonna tell them twenty Game years six apart. against Oklahoma City was so awesome. Let's Game watch it. Six was amazing. Yeah, Clay it's Thompson. gonna. Be, it's a hardwood classic. Immediate. Yeah. Yep. I missed the entire game. You're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You wanna know why you're an idiot? Because you're an just Indian married. wedding. There it is. Well, yeah, married. I was gonna go with just yeah. the married part. Yeah, marriage in general. <laughs> <So>. <sighs> now that I'm even more you. depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you, make sure you spread the word. Email your friends, tell your family members, tell your significant others, tell other people's significant others about the podcast. Uh, check us out on iTunes where I'm going to start loading the podcast now that we have more content and I am no longer tied up to my ears and wedding planning. And tune in next time for whenever we talk about whatever it may be. But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Hales of the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.